In this episode of Testimony, a Musician Story, presented by Soundseekers, I sat down with rapper and singer John Keith. John Keith comes from Southern California, that's San Diego. He's signed to Ruslan's King's Dream label. And when I say we talk about everything, we talk about everything. From him losing his virginity, to hermeneutics, to his love for theology. We talk about a possible NBA boycott and the 19-year anniversary of Aaliyah's death. Also, he had a new album that dropped, Antihero. It came out the same day as Lecrae's Restoration. We talk about that too. But he also breaks down FOMO, Trust, King Featuring Belief, and Antihero in our four-song breakdown. I am Gaelica Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony and Musician Story. For any new music, go to Soundseekers' Spotify page. They have plenty of playlists on there to keep you up to date on what's new. This is John Keith's testimony, a musician story. Um, let's start with your first music memory. My first music memory? Yeah, oh, that's another... tough. So is that is that uh, my first music memory? in regards to like me making my own music, in regards to me just playing a part in music. It's your first recollection of just music period. So whether it be you as a little kid, listening to okay. something, watching a music video. Yeah. Got you. I, I was in church and um, I was listening to the worship team and I really was like mesmerized with the drummer and everything he was doing, I just thought it was so, dope the rhythm and the patterns and everything like that i was super young too i don't even know how old i was um but that's what i i saw that and i i decided that's what i wanted to do i was like yo i'm gonna be a drummer like that's that's the move okay and do you drum i do actually okay sweet so you actually followed through yeah i um i was drumming a long time before i was rapping so you know uh I started taking drum lessons slowly, you know, and then uh, I was actually in the, because uh, I'm from San Diego, so I was in the San Diego Youth Symphony for a little while. Oh, wow. And then um, I started playing drums for my, for my church right after that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. And since we're going back to your first recollection of music so you were a little kid then um you said you're from san diego is that where you were born yeah and did you grow up in a two-parent household yeah um i grew up with both my parents and uh i have <laughs> i have like a big family so like i have two brothers that are my full brothers and then we have a half brother that is still our full brother but you know um, he was gone by the time I was like, he was, he's a lot older. He's 11 years older than me. So okay. he, he, I know he was gone. And then we have a cousin that was raised in our house. So it feels weird to call him a cousin. So that's yeah. one of our brothers. And then we have two little girls that were raised in our house. Always knew them as our sisters. You know what I'm saying? So it's a big family. Uh, but um, yeah, um, so both my parents married. Yeah. And the two little girls, were they related as well? No, they were actually, um, we didn't even find this out until much later, but we were, you know, they were just family friends of ours. 
the, the they were like always there. Their parents were working a lot, so they were okay. always there. But I mean, we were so young that they told us, you know, these are your sisters, and like there was no questioning that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, yeah, these are these are my sisters. Well, it was one, and then I remember the other one being born. But yeah. So it sounds like your parents were very nurturing yeah. people. They're everyone's parents. Okay. And was it a Christian household? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my dad was, <laughs> he hates, absolutely hates when I say this, but he was borderline a pastor just because he was, every church we ever went to, he was very close with the pastor. He was leading men's groups. He was, you know, even right now, my dad leads like three or four Bible studies, different Bible studies. Um, and that's just how we always grew up. My dad was, you know, from as long as I can remember, my dad has been walking around with little index cards like this. I actually started doing this now. Index cards with like scriptures on them, oh, right? Okay. And he would put them in his pocket and then, uh, you know, he would just kind of meditate on that throughout the day. And so I started doing that as well recently. But yeah, it was very, very much a Christian household from the jump. Wow. I, that's a cool idea with the, the cards. Yeah, it's, it's really helpful too. So you grew up in the church, but what was it? When did you actually have that connection for yourself and decide that, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Man, church camp. Oh. I was a... I was a kid, I was a, a youth, I was a jit. And I, uh, <laughs> you know, we went to church camp. I mean, like we always went to church. I was like, but we went up to church camp and saw some of the most insane, unexplainable things that I've ever seen in my life, you know? So. Meaning like, what's an example? Like kids getting healed, kids getting visions. My brother, my older brother, uh, didn't sing at this point. Okay. And he, he was given a vision of him like leading worship in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. He's very young. He didn't really sing yet. Okay. And then that's what he's, he's a worship leader now. Like, and for, for, for one of the, the biggest churches in San Diego. Oh, wow. Um, and so, and I got, and also just watching the change in him, you know what I'm saying? Watching mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I was like, Oh wow. So God's like, real this is crazy and then like i had a whole you know journey with that too so yeah so then is like in the san diego area is keith your lot your real last name keith is my middle name your middle name okay do you mind if i ask your last name i'll tell you uh no it's my full name is jonathan keith randall so are like the randalls like known for their church going and being involved in the community in San Diego then? Uh, that's a, that's a fair statement to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, anybody that knows us will probably put us in that, in that category, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So you saw crazy things happening while at church camp. You see Jesus is real. Yeah. But was there something in particular where you were like, okay, this is it for me? Um, I had, it was actually a, it was a long process. It was a, a five-year process. So I saw that when I was 12. Okay. And then up until 
17, I was chasing that. I was thinking that, okay, so like God is real, but he's up here mm-hmm. at this, at this mountain, at this church camp that I go to. So then I would come back down. I'm not seeking God or anything like that. I mean, I'm 12. I don't really understand it yeah. all the way up till 17. So 17, you know, uh, I went up and this is like a whole another story, man. I don't even know if I could. That's, <laughs> that's what the, the whole purpose of testimony musician story is for. Yeah. For yeah. Story. <laughs> so, you know, um, so I went up when I was 12, I came back down, uh, and like, I had a, the realization, I'll say, okay, so God's real, but I didn't experience anything myself going up there. So I was like, so God's real. He just doesn't care about me. Right. And that mm-hmm. was like a, a thing that I was struggling with, you know, as a 12 year old, I was like, oh, so like, this is very much real, but I don't get to experience that. So I made sure at all costs, I went back to that camp every year that it came around at all costs there was not a year that i missed if i had to do crazy things to (laughs) raise the money so i could go back up you know or if i had to convince some you know old white couple to you know fund me to go to (laughs) to go to church camp i i was doing it i was doing whatever it took because i was like that's where god is and that's where i'm gonna have the experience that all these kids are having yeah um and when i say crazy things i mean crazy things like there was a night the guitar play, the, the the worship was going crazy, and the guitar the guitarist was playing, and one of his strings broke, and it like broke, and it the pastor was right next to him, and it like whipped and, and cut his face. Oh my gosh! What? And and we saw that, and then we it the cut it, it healed up, it healed in, in the, that moment in the service. Yes, what? in that moment. And so we were like, yo, this is real. This is crazy. What in the world did I just watch? You know, so like, I'll be like, I want to experience something like this. You know, and I was chasing after that, that feeling, I guess, but I wasn't seeking God mm-hmm. um, at, at home. And so, um, like I said, I made sure I went back every year and I never got anything um, until the very last year where, you know, God really kind of like, I had this super crazy um, thing happen where, you know, we're in a worship service and I'm like, you know, trying to worship and trying to press in. And then like the enemy starts talking to me and he's like, this doesn't mean anything. You're, you know, this doesn't, you're gonna, you're gonna go home. You're gonna be the same. He's still not gonna, he's not gonna know you. He's not gonna talk to you. He doesn't care. And then, like, instead of pressing in, I went and started to argue with this thought that that Mm. the enemy had placed, you know. And then the thoughts started to, like, kind of argue back. And then I'm realizing, oh, like, this is super spiritual moment because it's not even like I'm arguing with a thought anymore. This is like an audible voice almost that I'm, like, going at. You know what I'm saying? It's super crazy. And then it it rocks me. And then I still, like, it's clear as that he said, he said, okay, so your God cares about you so much, but I talk to you more than he ever does. And I was like, mm-hmm. ouch, you know, yeah. so that, that caught that, like that flipped me. I, I, I had like a panic attack Yeah. and, you know, I just started to go through it and I'm just like, you know, falling apart. And then, uh, 
God actually used my friend. My friend just started looking for me throughout the service and he came and found me and he like just started praying for me and like the the voice of God kind of broke through and was just like, do you know how valuable you are to me? He was like, he's like, look at the lengths that the enemy has gone to to like destroy you. Like he he went like there's a reason that he wants you dead ultimately. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you you're you're valuable to me. You, you know. And so uh after experiencing that, I was like, Yeah, I can't go back. Like that's that's something I can never forget, you know. And so, you know, I'm in the I, I come home and I and then like I'm actually getting discipled. People are telling me like you have to be in the word, like you know what I'm saying, like you mm-hmm. God is not just up there. Yeah. Like, he's he's in you, right? So like get in the word, go spend time with Jesus, like set time aside and he's going to meet you. And so, you know, that's kind of just how it started. Then I started to get like, you know, super into like theology and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just, yeah, I, I just got super passionate about all that kind of stuff. So that's a lot of what I'm into now. Like I have favorite preachers and theologians and all that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah. So was this then year five when you had that that moment? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seventeen. Awesome. And do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm twenty three. Okay. So wasn't. Too what if I was just like, no? Nah. What if I was just like, nah? You can't ask me. Hey, some people. <laughs> usually, it would be like the over thirty people who really don't want to. Mm. But um, gotcha. I, I have a grandma who's 106, and she is proud of it. Every birthday, she says her. Yeah, she's, she's like, 106 what? right now. Yeah, that's so dope. She's alive in 106. I've never. That's the oldest human I've ever heard be alive. That's crazy. Yeah. I haven't seen her since this whole COVID thing, though. So that that's sucks. so crazy. But um, wow. yeah. So she's just like, why would I be ashamed of my age? Like I'm always I'm like, I'm I'm happy to be alive. Like every year she got older and over. She never hit her age. So I'm trying to take. I'm taking that on. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay, so you're 23. You're in the the Christian hip hop space. You're you know super talented rapper, and you're also I saw on Instagram, are you in a relationship now too? Yeah. Yep. So how does that work? I mean, basically being like this, this rapper in the, in the spot, eye, in the spotlight, people watching you and you're in a relationship. How, how's that? It's, it's tough. Uh, it's not impossible. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think it, it, it kind of helps that she's not very, she's not like, oh, you know, she's very like, I want us to be like us. Don't put all of us out there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and at the same time, she's still very ministry minded. So she's like, if people can benefit from seeing us and watching us and learning from our mistakes and all that kind of stuff, she's like, I'm all for it. So, you know, it's not, um, it's not the, it's not ideal, but yeah. you know, it, it works. I mean, cause I then you kind of have to decide what you want to share, what you don't want to share. Yeah. There's a lot of times where, you know, you know, we, we've gotten into it before 
where it's like, you know, her friend will, will take a video of her doing or saying something. And then she's cool with it. But then like, I'll do the same thing. And she's like, nah, you can't post that. I'm like, why? She posted it. She's like, yeah, you have 20,000 people <laughs> looking at what you post. Absolutely not. You can't post it. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, so, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. Do you feel any sort of pressure, though, or anything um, being, you know, this young man leading this relationship and you're in the spotlight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tons and tons and tons of it. Um, you know, there, uh, sometimes it feels like there's no room to mess up. You know what I'm saying? There's no... And I, I know that, you know, there's grace and all that kind of stuff, but it feels like... You know, if somebody else messes up, it's just a mess up. Yeah. If I mess up, then it's public. and People are going to see it and they're going to know. They're going to talk about it forever. And they're going to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm -hmm. and, and it's so funny too, because like I, I feel for, you know, celebrities, because I'm not even there. Like I'm not, yeah. a, you know, some people, a few, like some people know who I am and I feel that pressure. Yeah. I think about people like Justin Bieber, who is like, man. Yeah. There is always something to say. There's yeah. always something to say, you know, so. But he also has a whole, like, series on their relationship as well. So they kind of put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. Do you have other, um, or do you know of any other couples that are in a similar situation, like other artists that you kind of can go walk alongside of? To be honest, I think I'm probably, out of the people that I know, I'm the person that, like, makes it the most public, you okay. know? Yeah. Like, I have friends, almost all my friends are in relationships, but mm -hmm. they're much, they're much more private than I am. Got it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, no big deal, you know? His wife is kind of, she's like, I'm not trying to do all that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And then I have friends with, with girlfriends and, you know, fiancés and all that kind of stuff and they're all very much like you know very much themselves which is you know it's, it's understandable I think, yeah. saying. I, I think probably if I if I could think back I mean, if I could go back um I probably not would I wouldn't have done something different but I would have done this differently you know what I'm saying if that makes sense how so though like you know uh i think very early on i put her very much in the spotlight and um she's had to deal with that too like people will dm her and I, people will dm her for me mm. like yo <laughs> can you pass this message along <laughs> okay like, hey do you think you can show john this song yo what's the album about yo these and all, all this kind of stuff and then she you know that that yeah frustrates her she's like i don't want to do this like, yeah you, you know and then so i had to put out a message a little while ago i was like hey look do not dm my girlfriend about anything that has to do with me yeah if you want to ask her about clothing or Jesus or her relationship and you're a girl, do not be my, damn my girlfriend yeah. if you're a guy. But you know what I'm saying? If you want to, like, that's one thing. Uh, but you, uh, 
Yeah, asking her about my album is not cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. And how does God's presence look like in your life personally, outside of music? What do you mean? So right now, um, either if you look back, going from when you gave your life to Christ to now, how does his presence look like in your life? Um, I feel like, you know, he's still very much, very much present. I think that for me, it's much more, uh, I'm, I'm much more like, I, I like, I have to go like, do like an actual, like a study, study, you know what I'm saying? In order for me to, you know, make the time that I have with him valuable. I used to just be able to like hop into scripture, read a verse and be like, all right, I'm going to think about that today and bounce. But mm -hmm. in order for it to, in order for, for like me to really be in the spirit, now I feel like I have to, you know, spend genuine like real time with him. Where I'm actually, I'm learning something. I'm in the word, like I'm looking up translations and Greek and Hebrew, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't even know if that's necessarily the best place to be. Mm -hmm. I want to get back to a place where, you know, it can, I can just, I can just dwell on something that's true, right? Because the word is true. I can just take something and dwell on it and, 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 you know, focus on the truth of that scripture rather than trying to find some deeper meaning in, in all this stuff by looking up the, the you know. and I think it's good to, to, you know, do like the full on, you know, study and like going through like hermeneutics and like, you know, looking at the theology of it, mm -hmm. but I think I need to get back to a place where it's, it's also, it's simple, you know, it can be simple again, but you know, uh, does that answer the question? Yeah. But what do you think the reasoning is that like, why isn't it not so simple for you these days? I think that I've gotten, I've taken myself to a place where I overthink everything. Okay. Everything is oh, like, I'm, my mind is racing a hundred miles per hour, like all the time. And so like, and then also, you know, just having conversations uh, with people um, where they'll bring up something that I never thought about, or they'll challenge my faith in a certain way. So then I'm like, okay. When, so then I'm reading and I'm like, okay, well, what about this? Because I've heard this said before. So like, let me go and check that and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, some of it's from an argumentative standpoint, mm -hmm. which is not great, but, um, you know, I feel like that's, that's a piece of it for sure. Okay. So we're going to move on to uh, the next section, which I called what's trending. So what's trending on Twitter. Um, so it's kind of a, a little heavy as far as what's trending just because of what's going on in the world. But are you a, a basketball fan at all, NBA? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay. 
So there's um, an article that says boycott on the table for Raptors um, following Jacob Blake's shooting. So basically mm. the Raptors and Celtics players had gotten together and they had this conversation and a couple of the players, one uh, Fred Van Vliet says, you know, what are we willing to give up? Do we actually give an F about what's going on? Or is it just cool to have black lives matter on the backdrop or wearing a t-shirt? Um, I'm not sure if you've seen like on the NBA, like all of their jerseys have a statement on them now mm. instead of their names. So, wow. I haven't seen that. yeah, so instead of, you know, it's saying, I don't know, LeBron, instead of it saying James on the back, it will say like Black Lives Matter or, um, I don't know, <laughs> power or something. They have some sort of mm. statement. Yeah. And so there's another guy, Norm Powell, who says, I think everybody's at the point where sitting up here and saying Black Lives Matter and sitting up having a discussion in Zoom calls and this and that and the other, putting apparel on. That's not getting the job done. Taking the knee for the anthem, that's not getting the job done. It's starting to get washed out. I feel like Black Lives Matter is just another part of the conversation now because you see it so much is everywhere. So I'm wondering to you, do you feel like Black Lives Matter is just like a talking point now? Is there, was there any importance to it and it's kind of just like faded? Um... Man, I don't know. I feel like this is such a, like you said, it's just a heavy topic because it's like, you know, it it, it feels, I was having a talk with my mentor um, a couple months ago, I think, where I was just telling that, like, where I'm at, in all honesty, like, it feels, it feels hopeless. Not in the sense that I, that I don't have hope because my hope is in Jesus. My hope isn't mm-hmm. in the justice system. I, I, I'm never going to ex- expect the justice system to do what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately this world is broken. And if it's not this, then it's going to be something else um, until Jesus comes back. But, and, and then I'm like, but that doesn't mean that we stop fighting. Right. So then I'm in a, a, a really weird place where it's like, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel genuine because I want so badly for what's right to be done. But I'll, there's a large part of me that believes it never will be. Yeah. On, on, on the, on behalf of man. Right. I mean, cause yeah. Jesus is going to come in and, and make everything right. But then I'm like, when I say hopeless, I, I've lost all hope in, in men doing what's right. I would say. And so yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's a, it's a tough thing. Um, it is because, I mean, we, it's all on man, like you said, L- losing hope in men to actually do what is right. There's only, because for me, my thought is a lot of this is a heart issue, right? Where, because mm-hmm. even if you know Jesus, doesn't mean that your heart is in the right going the right direction right you can still feel all kinds of ways and know jesus but is it possible to get every single person on the face of this earth on the same page to have that same like heart correction is that possible in my opinion i'm like no like that that's where i feel the hopeless in in men like how are we going to get every single person like yes i believe in jesus 
yes, I believe in the power of Jesus. Yes, I believe that, you know, we're supposed to spread the gospel. Um, but how long have we been spreading the gospel and how many, you know, we still have this divide. So I totally yeah. get where you're saying when you're like just losing faith in our hope in men. Yeah. Hard. Which is also, it makes sense because I mean, yeah, the scripture told us not to do that, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Said, yeah. So don't Trust put your no faith man. in yeah. it. Exactly. You know, um, and, and, you know, it's like, it's, that's exactly what it is. And I, I found out that it was, you know, I used to easily write off people, anyone who was saying like, oh, you know, when, when Ahmaud Arbery got shot, anyone that was saying, oh, it was self-defense, like all that kind of stuff, I'll write them off and be like, this person does not know or love Jesus, period, um, mm-hmm. and move on. And then I realized it's, it's, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, because I have friends that I never in a billion years would question if they love Jesus or not. From like the encouragement that they've been in my life when I'm going through it and they're like, yo, let's just go somewhere and let's just pray. Me and you, let's just go pray. And like for, for hours, whatever. Like I've had friends that have done that. Mm-hmm. And then I've had this conversation with them where they're like, you're tripping white privilege is not a thing you know you're tripping that this it is not a racism thing you're tripping yeah. and it's like i'm like okay so i'm not i would never question if you love jesus i know you love jesus but this is backwards you know yeah. like how are you not seeing this you know and so like it really is you know you know I, I feel like politics have a lot to do with it i have a a strong strong uh, just level of <laughs> I hate politics Yeah, I hate the whole you know I mean for the world yes go ahead you know what I'm saying do your, your Republican Democrat thing whatever but I mean like for Christians you're supposed to belong to a third kingdom mm-hmm. and, and we have so many Christians that get so rooted in their political view that they then make their Christian beliefs align with that rather yeah. than the other way around. So I'm like, you know, when people ask like what, what side I'm on, I'm like, neither. I take it case by case. I look for the gospel in every situation because that's what we're supposed to do. There's never going to be a time where every time, you know, this side is right. And every time this side is wrong or vice versa, it's yeah. not going to happen. So, you know, I'm like, you got to, and I feel like that that's a lot, that's where it comes from, but it's like, you know, we're supposed to belong to a third kingdom. Yeah. Well, I think it's just also hard to me. It just seems, because I'm an empathetic person, right? I'm an mm-hmm. empath. It's easier for me to put myself in other people's shoes, but that just seems like the most challenging thing for a lot of people who just don't get, um, get what people are feeling when it comes to the statement of Black Lives Matter and just the trauma that occurs just by even watching um, the video, like videos of watching Black people being murdered or shot. Um, the This last guy, Jacob Blake, I didn't even watch that one. I was like, I'm not, 
I read about it. Like he got shot in front of his family. Like I don't need to, I don't need that trauma. I'm not, I'm still trying. I'm still fragile from everything else. Yeah. And I don't think people realize like that trauma of seeing that constantly all the time and the effect that it has on a black person. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't watched it either. Um, I'm not going to. Yeah. I don't think uh, I'm gonna watch anything. Because yeah, I mean it's the same thing. I don't like it's it's not only that, but it's it's desensitizing yeah. us to, to watching that. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, like this this is regular. Yeah. You know, I don't ever wanna hit that point, you know. And so, you know. And I think it's because I mean I'm really I feel like I'm really kind of removed from it living in Cali, there's not a whole lot of that that happens in, in San Diego. There's way more minorities than not. I mean, the, min- the minorities is the majority over here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we don't get a whole lot of that. Um, but uh, so, so, I mean, like when I was watching all of this, none of it even had to do with me, like my, you know, stake in it had nothing to do with the fact that I'm black mm-hmm. you know I was like just like this is wrong and then because uh, you know me and my girlfriend are you know talking about you know marriage and you know like planning life and all that kind of stuff so uh, we had a plan or, or a desire to want to go to Atlanta at some point and then she came to me and she was like crying and she was like I, I don't want to go. And I was like, wait, well, what are you talking about? She was like, I'm, I'm scared that if we go anywhere else but here, I'm going to lose you. And I was like, and then I was like, yo, whoa. I did mm-hmm. not even, yeah. I was like, yo, it didn't even hit me, the fact that that could be me. Yeah. Like, you know, like, shoot. I was like, dang, I want to tell her, nah, that's not the case. But I'm like, dang, like, that's, that's kind of wild. That's, I've never even, yeah. it didn't even dawn on me. Um, I'm not saying I didn't know I was black. I knew I'm black, but it's just, <laughs> what? you know what I'm saying? Black? <laughs> like, well, hold on, what you mean? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you know, but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm like. Yeah. Well, the proximity thing is interesting too, being where you're at, because a lot of things change when you relocate or a lot of things could change when you relocate. Um, Not only that, if you're like in a interracial relationship, it's more acceptable and more just like, you don't even really think about it if you're in places like California, but if you go to other places then it might be a bigger deal. So yeah, yeah, it's just crazy how proximity plays a role in things. Yeah. All right. One other trending topic Yesterday made 19 years since Aaliyah passed away. Mm. And so um, on the anniversary of her death, her estate announced that they are in talks with record labels about making her music available on streaming platforms. Friends and fans are celebrating the announcement and paying tribute to the R&B icon. So Aaliyah, did she play any kind of role in your music life, creativity or anything? Unfortunately, no. Uh, yeah. You know, I um, 
Like, I, I really grew up on... I, the funny thing is, until I was 14, I was listening to country music. Really? Super wild, super random. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that is random. Was that your whole family or just you? My, my parents loved country music. Okay. And so that's what we were listening to. Kenny Chesney and Luke Bryan and Rascal Flatts, all that kind of stuff. We were yeah. in the car going nuts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but also, you know, we also, it was... Also gospel and you know, something like Stevie Wonder, you know, like that kind of stuff. But when I was 14, I was introduced to Christian rap. And so that's all I listened to after that. I was like Lecrae, KB, Andy, Tripley. That's it. 116. And that's, that's all I'm listening to. You were literally a baby when she died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I was a baby baby. So let's talk about how you got your start into music. Um, yeah, I was, so actually the place where I found Christian rap, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to a, I was in a program called the David's Harp Foundation, a super dope program that actually lets um, at-risk, underprivileged, and like homeless and incarcerated youth trade grades and good behavior for studio time. Oh, okay. And so I was in that um, up until I was from 14 to 18. And, you know, um, the founder of that, of that organization is actually the one that has been discipling me from since I was 14 to like now. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's the David's Heart Foundation. And when I was 18. David, is it heart? Like your heartbeat? Nah, like or David's harp. okay, yeah, the harp. harp with a because okay, the instrument got it. Yeah, the uh, the idea came from you know the scripture when you know Saul, not Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when King Saul was being tormented, um, and David would play the harp, and mm-hmm. then the spirit, the tormenting spirit, would leave Saul. Um, so that's where it came from, uh, because that's that's exactly what it did. So I, I was there from 14 to 18, and I graduated, and I started working there from 18 until a couple months ago, actually. And so, you know, they, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, um, you know, super essential to, like, everything that I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I made my first mixtape there. Um, I met my like producer slash best friend slash dj who is that um his name is wowie he produces a lot of the the music and he djs me dj for me when we go and perform so i met him there because he was a student there as well and he still works there um yeah it's just a super dope super dope program but how did you even start rapping and singing though because you have to have some sort of skill set to get that that studio time right um so i actually started out just doing uh (laughs) i was only doing video stuff i was learning video production right and then i switched to like i switched to like engineering that were teaching me how to set up um and nobody knew i rapped nobody knew i wanted to rap okay Uh, i was setting up the studio one day for another kid to come in and rap. And the kid was late. And so my mentor was like, yo, go in there and check the mic. And I was like, all right. And I went in there to check the mic. He played the beat and I just started rapping. 
on the on the, on the beat and they, he stopped it and he was like yo what <laughs> he's like are you serious i was like what what i do he was like bro you rap i was like well nah you know i was just he said no bro that that was a written verse that you just spit on his mic stop playing like come out so we can talk about this so you know we just we started we talked about me doing a a, a mixtape you know or an ep so we did that that's actually still on the internet now but i'll never tell people what it's called or where they can find it <laughs> so, so how old were you then i was 16. oh and how did you link up with Ruslan and King's Dream? So I was a I was a fan of Dream Junkies, um, and then uh, my cousin scored like tickets to their album release party, and so uh, we went together. And he he uh, and actually it's actually funny the studio that I grew up in David's Heart. Mm -hmm. um back in the day the dream junkies used or ruslan and belief used to record with them they know them like they're yeah well acquainted well acquainted they've worked together before and i didn't know that okay um and uh i remember the first time i actually ever saw belief on stage i was at a conference called future quest and andy minio was performing and andy minio was like my hero right so like i grew up wanting to be him and so uh but he brought belief with him for the show so they did they did one of belief songs i was like this is crazy and i went and i took a picture with belief i didn't get to take a picture with andy because it was a long one i took a picture with belief and then the next week i uh i was at the studio and then uh one of my mentors got a phone call he's like yo i'm outside so he went to open up the door and belief came in and i was like yo <laughs> this is crazy i was like yo i just saw you in concert a few days ago and you know i love your music all that kind of stuff and he doesn't remember that right now but um yeah you know we we just kind of kept crossing paths until i entered a remix contest and lost but i really won because they heard it ruslan heard my music and was like yo whoa what so he reached out and you know we just started having a conversation, everything like that, and it led to that. The what was the the song that you remixed? It was it's uh, "Shoot Me." I don't know if you remember that off of the the Good Religion album. Okay. Oh, so okay, so it was Ruslan's contest then. Yeah, it was uh, the Dream Junkies remix contest, but Ruslan was spearheading it. He owns King's Dream, so. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so he reaches out to you. He thinks that obviously you're a talented young artist. So he just starts what building kind of like a mentorship relationship or it was really just, you know, a friendship, you know what I'm saying? Like he kind of we just were coming up. He was doing these open mics. We came up and did, you know, formed with those and we were at the studio just kind of talking, showing each other music. He was asking us what we thought about his music, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was a group of us. It was me, uh, T. Ross the Giant, Charlie Powers, um, uh, Jet Trouble. You know, there was, a, there was a lot of us that were a part of that, just, mm -hmm. you know. And then we, uh, yeah, we ended up, I ended up signing. 
And now let's talk anti-hero. Yes. So came out last week, uh, same release day as Lecrae's Restoration. Mm-hmm. How how was that? It was great. I didn't know he was dropping on the same day until uh, three weeks before. And I was like, good, really good. <laughs> I think that's happened before too. I think, uh, I think he dropped all things were together. Oh no, he dropped let the trap say man at the same time as one of my other joints too. <laughs> or it was it was somebody. It was either him or Andy. Somebody dropped something yeah. at the same time as I dropped something, and I was like, dang man, they keep doing this. But <laughs> they they really nobody you know, nobody knows. But nobody yeah. knows. I mean, for listeners, it just gives us more more content to listen to because I was listening to both albums, Restoration and Antihero, going back and forth, and they both got major spins for me. So that's awesome. So, um, why Antihero? Why the title and the whole concept? Um, Antihero concept came from me uh, feeling the weight of people's expectations from people in this space. Uh, You know, I mean, like, sometimes people just get, I don't want to say lucky, but almost, you know, like, I'll put it like this. There's pastors who go and, like, train, and they go to school, and they learn how to lead a congregation and they learn how to shepherd people and all that kind of stuff. And they learn it well. And then they go and start a church and then pastors are held to a certain standard. There's that versus 19 year old kid who just happens to make music that people like being held to that same standard. It's like, why should, why, why is that? Like, why is this kid somebody's hero? This kid is, has to, like, you know, that, and that's what it is. People be like, mm-hmm. oh, you're my hero. You know, I'm watching everything that you do. If you mess up, I'm going to mess up too. You know, it's like, you know, and so it's like, it doesn't, people are, are kind of forced into these, this hero um, space where it's like, if you, and then you have to perform like a hero. And so then it's like, if you really knew me, how I know me, you would say I'm a villain. You wouldn't say I'm a hero, right? Mm-hmm. And so the project was actually almost called Heroes and Villains, but you know, I, I didn't want to do that because I was like, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily a villain <laughs> because Jesus has redeemed me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, I, I love Jesus, and I, I love what Jesus says is right. Now, even though I am for and I love what Jesus says is right, I have flaws and issues and I'm selfish and I I have agendas and I have just like every person, right? And so um, that's kind of so that because I'm into like comic books and all that kind of stuff, the the term anti-hero came up because I thought a lot of people like, you know, the Punisher or a bunch of comic book characters that like they're they're good guys because they're for the greater good, but the way they do things isn't always, uh, 
uh, accepted by everybody. Yeah. Okay. And um, let's move on to our four song breakdown section. So the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on between the lines of the song story. Mm-hmm. And I selected FOMO, Trust, King, and Antihero for you. Yeah. So if you don't um, mind. Uh-huh. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you don't mind starting with FOMO and either selecting a verse that you like, um, can rap it, recite it, and then just discuss it. Discuss the song, any pertinent information you feel we should know about that song. It's so crazy. I was, <laughs> I was just doing this yesterday with my mom and my girl just for fun okay uh, i was like yo i was like they're not even catching it like they're not <laughs> even understanding what i'm saying but um yeah uh so um the song fomo and overall is kind of just about it's about um it's about so like all, all of my friends are around me not all of them a good portion of my friends were uh last year were were getting married were getting engaged and all that kind of stuff and i am not a traditional dude uh i'm very excited to get married i've always been very excited to get married since i was a little boy i was like i was like that's gonna be fire you know i was like that's gonna be dope so um, we were having that conversation a lot, you know, my girl, um, when we first got together, she was like, yeah, I don't see myself getting married for like five years. And I was like, I don't see that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, that's a long time. So we would have this conversation a lot. And, um, there was a, there was one thing that she said to me at one point where she's like, I just feel like you want to get married because all your friends are getting married. And so uh, it's like she was saying, I had this FOMO. Um, and while that wasn't fully true, uh, there was a, a, a truth in it where, you know, I was afraid of missing out on that. But while I was doing that, I'm actually missing out on present time with her because I'm always mm. looking for the future. So caught it FOMO. Um, the verse, well, the I mean, I, the, the hook is like the more the more catchy thing. I, I guess I'll break that down. So it says, "I'm not gonna sing it. I'm just gonna say it." Uh, I just realized what I'm chasing. I don't got time for no statement. Don't wait for me. I won't make it. I ain't like my pace, so I changed it. So just from there, like, kind of just like having a, a self-realizing moment, you know what I'm saying? Like a, an objective view of myself where I'm like, oh, I'm trying to like speed things up because of this, this FOMO, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it says, I spent my life on the pavement. Please don't slow up on the payment. I'm dropping hints on the daily. You saying, I'm saying, um, you know, it's just kind of like the, the conversation of I need to make more money so I can, you know, get get to that point. I'm, I'm, our conversations on a daily has to do with, you know, oh, when we, you know, oh, what are we going to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
And so, like, the main part of the hook, it says, oh, no, I got so used to solo. I don't want to do no promo. I seen it all in slow-mo. I guess I just got FOMO. So, like, um, yeah, like, I'm sorry. There's a bunch of people texting me. So, uh, like, talks about how I've gotten, you know, I'm kind of just excited about, you know what I'm saying, mo moving into a life with her. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that, that's, that's pretty much that part, you know? It's like, uh, I'm, I'm going to put this on airplane mode because people are following me up. Um, so then the uh, verse says, dead presidents, new residents, everyday crime scene, new evidence, no better than anyone ever did the very best thing that heaven did ever sent. Like, um, talking about just the, the, the gift, uh, that, that she is to me, you know what I'm saying? And, and wanting to, uh, treat her like that, but kind of feeling like I'm messing up on the baby. Um, uh, oop, got a double life up every night, felt left out. I'm not all right. Just call me. Don't stall me. I got no patience, baby. I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to miss out. I guess we doing this now. Keep up with the crowd, but notice what I found. Um, kind of self-explanatory, you know what I'm saying? It's just, just being very vocal about like, you know, you're right. Like, I don't want to miss out on what everyone's doing. Like, I want to keep up with the crowd, but I don't want to miss uh, what I found with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it kind of just goes back to the hook. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a love song. Yeah, and you have your girl in the video. Okay. Yeah, that took some convincing. <laughs> sure. Based off of what you've said so far about her, I, I that sounds like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about your producer friend. Um, did he do the majority of the production on this album? Nah, not this one. Uh, that track was actually produced by Black Dex. Okay. Who, uh, he produced um, One of You and Top on Olympus. Okay. So, because your production just in general on all of your projects is sick. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I just, I love like everything. I don't, there wasn't like one <laughs> like filler beat or anything. Like all of them go hard on every track. Um, let's go to Trust. You're welcome. Um, Trust, this is definitely one of my favorite songs on the project. Why so? I just, I, it just feels good for one thing. And then I feel like it's just, it's very honest with still, you know, being artistic in the midst of it, you know? Um, and then also, uh, my Wowie, the dude who produced it. And my girl did not like the song at first when I made it. Oh. Like, nah, this is not it. And then I was like, dang. And then and, I, But while we did do this one. Yeah, he produced it. And then he was like, <laughs> it's fantastic. He made the, 
He didn't like it from the from the moment he made the beat. He made the beat and he was like, I'm not feeling it. And this I was like, beat comes so hard. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm gonna write a song to it. He was like, you can go ahead, but it's not dope. And then so he made the song. I made the song and he's like, yeah, it's still not fire. And then my girl was like, I don't like it. And then I, I took it off and then a couple months went by and I was like, nah, screw all that. This is fire. You guys are actually wrong. And then I, I just re-recorded some parts and I sent it back to them and they were like, yo, I actually really like this. And I said, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, this joint says, I took my time. Now I got the whole squad going up. Everything's fine now, but flip that. Who you going to trust? They don't know me at all. Please pick up when I call. Have my back when I fall. Have my back when I fall. So it, you know, kind of just dips back into that theme, you know, of the of the projects just being like, you know, you, these people that like I kind of put everything on in order to support me. Like they don't, like y'all don't know me, and if if I if I fall, if things happen, there's not going to be a, I don't imagine there'd be a support system. Like, you know, especially with cancel culture as it is, you know what I'm saying? Like John Keith would be canceled. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, so it's kind of talking about needing to lean on the people who I know and love in my life. So um, the verse says, I quit my nine to five. Boy, you lost your mind. Blamed it on the sky. I thought it was time. Yeah. Mountain's got to climb. I need peace of mind. Looking for some dollars instead I found a dime. Um, I actually, uh, I quit. I was working at Trader Joe's uh, a while, like two, three years ago. And uh, I had a show in Arizona at the same time as I had a shift. And I tried to get it off of work and they were like, nah. And I was like, oh yeah, just no, that's it. And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just going to go. So I went and I quit. And uh, there was a lot of people that were like, yo, that was the wrong move. And I definitely think I did it the wrong way. Um, you know, like, so blamed it on the sky. Like, I, always, I felt like I was telling me to quit my job so I can go do this show. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and it talks about just, like, me being stressed out because of that, because of, like, money and all those kind of situations. And so I was looking for some dollars instead of on a dime. I'm referring to my girlfriend that's actually God used her to bring peace into my life rather than, you know what I'm saying, like being secure with like money and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just because my girl is a minister for real. Um, so sometimes I think I'm going crazy. I had friends bounce, but it never phased me. I got a girl now. She don't want to change me. But she pushed me to the Lord. He rearranged me. Oh, no. No solo. All my brothers fight, and they're going to roll along. I take L's like practice. God leveled up my status. I look at my life just like it's all snakes and ladders. Um, yeah, I mean, that one, I mean, this is kind of a lot in that. <laughs> um, you know, just talking about, you know, seeing who's really uh, with me and not with me as, as, you know, time goes and as life progresses. Um, says, where's your backup? Tell me, where's your backup? Oh, you big screen. You trying to act up. Oh, you boss, huh? Why you acting? That is not true. You captain. So, like, you know, kind of referring to myself there. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm not being honest with people sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So like um back up referring to the people that's supposed to keep me accountable. So it's like, you know, where's your backup, you know? You, you, you big screen, you're trying to act up like you're not being true right now for who you are. Um he says, uh, you know, kind of just repeats that. Oh, you boss, huh? why you acting? That is not true. He a captain, and captain is just kind of a plain words. You know, you're acting like you're the boss, but you're not. Um, then it goes back into the hook. And then uh, the second verse is actually my favorite. But uh, It says, came back for the re-up, can't see us, I'm a savage. Don't act like you know me if you ain't met my family. Don't act like you can hold me if I just panic. I might act like the old me pop off go manic. Um, kind of just like, you know, my, my view on what I think people would, uh, how people would handle me, how people would handle me if I was to act like old me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I had anger issues. I had you know, serious issues. And then, like, I, I really feel like I'll be going crazy sometimes. Um, and then this part, uh, I got trouble sleeping, need some medicine. These pills ain't enough. I need better than. Some people in my life feel like a detriment. I get flashbacks like I'm a veteran. Like I'm a veteran. Um, you know, uh, there was a time early this year where I just, I was not able to sleep at all. I could not fall asleep. Um, my mind was just so stressed about everything going on in life right now. Um, you know. Yeah. Even right now, saying that right now, you know, it just brought me back to what I was thinking about during that time. You know, there was just like, there's some people that I was dealing with that were not for me, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like everyone in your life has to be for you, but when there's people that are deliberately against you, you know what I'm saying? And you're trying to act like you guys are for each other, then like that can be a lot of stress and a lot of just heartache on a person. So, you know, I, I, I have this thing where sometimes if something really affected me, like I'll just zone out and start thinking about that conversation or that whatever. And like, I'll start to like legitimately play out the whole thing in my mind. I've caught myself like repeating it before. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just obsessing over it. Yeah. And that's what keeps you up. Yeah. A lot of the times. Um, and so, um, yeah. So I get flashbacks like a veteran and I'm still young and I ain't one, but I ain't done yet. Who could I save? If I'm falling still, uh, I ain't got no cape. Uh, it says, can you back up? I need you to back up. I'm a saint, so please don't make me act up. I've been childish. I've been slacking. I need Jesus. I think I'm cracking. So, like, you know, kind of just goes back into that, uh, you know. Like, I need to, I, I, sometimes I don't want to have everybody in my business. I don't want to have, you know, I want to be able to share my thoughts uh, without thousands of people trying to, or hundreds of people trying to 
give input on my on my side. People that I don't know. Yeah. And so then I'm like, dang, okay. Um and then you know, I'm a saint, so please don't let me act up. People look at me as this pastor figure a lot of the time. So God forbid I act out of character yeah. and it's it's a rap. So, you know, and then that's that's uh pretty much that that whole song. I trust. Okay. Let's move on to King featuring Belief. And also just the fact that you were able to get Belief on it, being that he's quote unquote retired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I sent sent him the record. I was like, yo, uh, I got a joint that I think you would fit on. Like that, <laughs> I sent it, and then he he sent back that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous." This is actually one of the the deepest songs I can. So, like, this song is actually the the second half to dance. So, the song okay. right before it, um, and just to give it some context, like, dance is a song about uh, me losing my virginity, and like, um, just walks through my whole thought process and in the middle of it. Um, and then the second half goes to what, what's going on in my head after the, the deed was done. And then, okay. so then King is kind of like the, the other side of it, right? Okay. So this one says, uh, the verse says, well, the hook says, you know, I can't go back now, everything has changed. Nothing been the same, right? Um, mm-hmm. with referring to that. So then the verse says, Christ King forever. Had me on had me on in his mind way before my conception. My dreams came to life like I'm stuck in inception. I gotta repent when I throw my attention. I gotta repent when I only come for the blessing. I gotta repent when I be trying to finesse him. I got stains, I'm out of my lane. I'm playing God, but that's shame. I'm not king, I don't reign. Um there's a lot in all of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, so, like, you know, uh, it just talks about, like, where my mindset was at during that time. I was like, you know, hey, I'm the, I'm the guy. You know, like, I lost. But I, but I, 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 so I had lost my virginity to um, – a girl that I, I, I didn't care about, didn't care about me. Um, and, but I, I had my mindset in that was like, well, like, why not? Okay. Like, it's fine. Who cares? So the kind of a, a mindset, like, I get to decide what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it goes to that, you know, I, I'm out of my lane. I'm playing God. And that's a shame. I'm not king. I don't reign. Uh, then this part is crazy. So it says, why do I relapse? I do not know. I put the Bible in my backpack. Then I just go. I see pain and it hits my soul. And I wonder, my God, when's the last you spoke? Uh, in these ways right here in this storm, I can't see your face, but I just keep running. I know you said don't get in that boat, but I kept my eyes on the sirens. Oh, so uh, this is funny because there was a time in my life Every morning, every day, I'll get up, I'll take, I'm taking this backpack, 
this backpack is going with me everywhere. Okay. Every day, my Bible is in that backpack. Uh, every morning, I, I, I was not reading it. Mm. I would you get up in the morning, with you. and I put the backpack, I put the Bible in my backpack, and then I would go and, and get my day started. Yeah. And then I'd be like, God, you ain't spoke to me in forever. <laughs> me, bro, you got the, the word in your backpack. What do you, you yeah. understand? So like, you know, so why do I relapse? I do not know. I put the Bible in my backpack. Then I just go, got I it. see pain and it hits my soul. Then I wonder, my God, when's the last time you spoke? In these ways, I'm right here in this storm. I can't see your face, but I just keep rowing. I know you said don't get in that boat, but I kept my eyes on the sirens. Also, like the the sirens referring to the you know the girl and yeah. the boat referring to that situation. So then it says, "Look, I done to him what I done to Lisa. I done to him what's done to Lisa. These don't know what they did, but I need my bread and cheese and the spirit in my ear. He crying, please, but I cannot hear. I'm doing what I please." Then I think, what would I do if I was Eve? Because I swore that I would never touch the tree. But then God checked my pride and he told me to take a seat because I know that she ain't even bad as me. So, there is like this thing, you know, Jesus says, you know, what you've done to the least of these is what you've done to me, right? In reference to like taking care of the needy and the broken and all that kind of stuff, but I was in a place where, like, I don't care about what's going on with you or where you're at. Like, I need my money. Like, I need my, whatever's mine, like, I need that. Yeah. Like, you did something to get you there, but I don't even, I don't even know what you did, but I don't care. So don't know what, don't know what they did. I need my bread and cheese and the spirit in my ear. He crying, please, but I cannot hear. I'm doing what I please. And then I think, what would I do if I was Eve? Because I swore that I never, I never would have touched the tree. Uh, but God checked my pride and he told me to take a seat because I know that Eve ain't even that is me. Like, I know the, the depths of who I am. Mm-hmm. I know the depths of what I struggle with. I know only me and God know my thoughts. And so God's like, why would you even? Not that like God's condemning me, but he's like, yo, like, like why, why are you trying to elevate yourself above somebody else when it's like, you know, like, you know. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I saved you from, right? Um, it says, give up everything. I know it's all yours. I lost my ID, but you never lost yours. I hit my knees and remind myself I can't go through if I'm locking the door. I can't walk through waves while I'm still on the shore. I can't win battles if I lost my sword. I can't fill my cup if I don't let them pour. I can't notice your king if I'm running from the war. Mm. And that's a kind of self-explanatory. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just get back into the hook and then belief comes and wraps his behind off. <laughs> I mean, do you, okay, I have a few questions. Since we just mentioned belief, do you feel like any sort of pressure <laughs> to be on the same track as belief? 
yes. <laughs> I I recorded that and I was like debating. I was like, is this even good enough to send a belief? I should do it. I was like, this is. I need to send him something that's amazing. But then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just do it. The message is is real and it's needed. Um. So yeah. And then just the whole decision with like to write the song dance and even just put yourself out there like that in terms of mentioning your losing your virginity story, like why that decision? Um, I wanted to give people tangible uh, evidence that somebody else might not. I wanted to give people help people understand uh, the reality of being human while still um, finding encouragement in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, because that's a real thing. That, that thing weighed on me heavy. When that, when that happened, that was like some of the hardest stuff that I had ever experienced. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It was, it was weighing on me really hard. So, yeah. Yeah, just because most artists wouldn't write about that, at least I kind of feel like this generation, your generation of artists are a little bit more transparent in what's going on in their life as it's going on like we're like kind of watching and listening in real time um a lot of the older generation wouldn't write anything like that or maybe they would talk about it like years after it happened yeah so kudos to you thank you so, yeah and the last song anti-hero i mean might be a little self-explanatory now since we know about the whole album and everything. Yeah. But if there's a verse that you want to share, any story you want to tell. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, you know, some of this, some of this verse that's, uh, I feel like can be broken down some. Uh, so in the verse it says, if we're going to talk, then let's keep it a stack. If you want to show, then I need more than a rack. If you want a priest, then make it the mass. And if you want a hero, no, and, and you want a hero, but I wear a mask. So, like, you know, uh, I have, there's this line that kind of goes throughout the project that says, uh, you know, two things. It's like, I'm not here to save, like I'm here to make a kingdom. Like there's people, like my everyday mission is to give people Jesus. Mm-hmm. The reason that I rap is to be successful in it, right? Now, spreading Jesus is a part of who I am as a believer. So like, that's my ultimate life mission. But I can do that working in Albertsons. Yeah. I can do that. California a reference, and for those who don't live in California, oh, Albertsons is a grocery store. I can do that working at the grocery <laughs> store. I can do that working at Trader Joe's. Yeah. I can do that working somewhere else. The reason I rap because I love music and I want to be successful in it. Yeah. Right? So I'm not here to save. I'm here to make a killing. Uh, only Jesus rescues. 
I look like a villain, right? It's kind of the thing that kind of runs through. So like, I'm kind of talking about that here. So, you know, if you saw any more than a wreck, you want a priest and then make it to mass. You want a hero, but I wear a mask. I can't be that. Like, I, you don't even know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus is the only person, the only person who showed you everything that he was that gave you all of it. Um, that gave you, um, you know, everything that he is and all of, and just all of him. Everybody else is like, they're, they're hiding, right? Um, and it says, uh, voice in the thunder, this ain't no Shazam. Who for the glory and who for the glam? What even meal to write in the sand? They call me the goat, but you need the lamb. Um, you know, goat, the acronym greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Saying, but, and, there's, and it's funny because scripture uh, in, in a symbol or in a, you know, metaphorical way paints the difference between a goat and a lamb. You know, or the goat and the sheep. Um, it's like, that's what people call me, but I, I can't. I can be the goat if you want me to. I can't be the lamb. <laughs> like, I can't do that. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, reaching for help. Who got the power? Fighting with demons for diamonds and dollars. I'm proud of my pride when I'm hearing them holler. You got the nerdy popping your collar. I do. Hold up. Yo, didn't you grow up? This is the people talking. So, hold up. Didn't you grow up? Didn't you get your dreams to blow up? You got blood on your hands. You stained. You don't need a cape, homie. You deserve chains. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah. And then the, the bridge says, y'all don't even know what kind of man you're dealing. I ain't here to save. I'm here to make a killing. What else can I say? I've always been a realist. Only Jesus rescues. I look like a villain. And that's the title track. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's anti-hero, the album. Um, one thing I did want to mention, <laughs> not on this album, but one of my like favorite songs of yours that still like I have on my worship playlist is um, "Yes God." And so I like. Oh, oh, you mean uh, "That's God"? That's God. That's right. That's yeah. God. My bad. And then you have the "Still God," and I saw mm. um, you did the whole IG like concert for Antihero, and you merged. Yeah. The that's God and still God, and I was loving that. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. But well, both beats go hard. Did the same producer do both? No, I actually okay. produced. I produced that's God. Really? Yeah. Okay, man. Props to you. Like I appreciate play it. that song over and over. That's a couple years old, and I still be playing that. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, and then uh, there's a dope producer named Wo Two that produced Still God. Okay. Yeah, he's dope. So how does God's presence look like in your life musically? True. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, God and music, uh, he, he speaks to me a lot of the times through that. Not only other people's songs, he speaks to me through when I'm writing a lot, too. Like when I'm writing a song, um, he speaks to me through that. Okay. And so, you know, that that's a huge piece of it. And my final question: Now that you've gone through this whole interview process, um, who would you like to see me interview? A Cleso. Cool. I actually 
Yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of him for a minute. I talked to him a long time ago, and I was never able to air it, which I felt like trash for. But there's a few people that happened to because I went on a a hiatus that wasn't intended. So yeah, I want to tell his story again. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Why do you say a Cluso though? Uh, it's just my guy, and okay. I feel like he has a really, a really uh. Hope you enjoy the episode. Please subscribe to our show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking. For all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.